Hello everybody and welcome to another of my comedians interviews for my blog A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes watching over 800 comedians and counting over the past 45 years. My special guest today is one of my favourite comedians, the wonderful Mr. Josh Balfe. Yes! Hello, mate! <laughs> How are you? Hello. You all right? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm just living lockdown life. It's nice to be here. Good. Well, it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, we're going to spend the next 45 minutes to an hour or so talking about your comedy career. Yeah. And I'd like to kick off, uh, went, go way back and ask you, um, when you were growing up, did were you introduced to comedy? How did you get into comedy? How did you become a comedian? Uh, uh, yeah, I was, to be honest with you, Rich. I was like a, I was a bit of a weird kid. I was like a, I was, I, I had like a s proper skin head. I had like train tracks, you know, where they cut the lines into your hair. Oh, yeah. I like a skin head. <laughs> I, I had pet gerbils. I always like to get into fights and I like football. I was like, I look like the boy from This Is England, you know? That? I look you're, like not from, you're not from Carlisle, are you? Yeah, Carlisle, yeah, I was a little hooligan, but I loved sitcoms like i love like only fools and horses oh, hours yeah. Dibley, black i just when i was really young i was just obsessed with it yeah and it's a bit weird to be honest with because i like, i was probably like the only seven-year-old boy that like knew connie booth's autobiography and like <laughs> you know what i mean john cleese's writing <laughs> process like i was an odd kid <laughs> but through that i've sort of yeah i really got into stand-up when i was really young right um, and uh at the time it was like i remember like it was like bonnie um it was, it was like Eddie Izzard, uh, Billy Connolly, like yeah. those guys were sort of like the old ones, like the 18, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'll sort of sneak and watch them. And then I got into Peter Kay. So Peter Kay was kind of the one I was allowed to watch. And that was like my introduction to stand up, really. So I've become yeah. Peter Kay. And uh, yeah, you so yeah. I can't get any better. Say it again? You can't get any better than Peter Kay. No, exactly. So yeah, so that was, yeah, that was kind of, I was in, yeah, I was pretty into it, pretty young, yeah. Good man. So, um, uh, I mean, I've got all my, my books and videos and everything behind me, all my comedy books. Um, Peter Kay, I think, is mm. one of the greatest. He, 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 there's, a, there's a line between um, telling stories, telling jokes, and there's, there's another nth degree where you've got Eric Morecambe, Tommy Cooper, Peter Kay's got it, where they just do something. They just do a, an action or something, and you're laughing at them. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's extraordinary to see, and that's what you achieved to. Um, yeah. There is certainly a lot of his style in in your comedy that I've seen because you're very very natural on stage. Well, I appreciate that, mate. But yeah, yeah, no, that's that's what everyone's aspiring to get to. I mean, with the Peter K thing that like you say, like I am, um, uh, you know, I was what eight nine years old. You know, like I was not from. Uh, like, I think like I remember used to do like bits of material on bullseye. I'd never seen bullseye. I had no concept of what bullseye was. I, you know what I mean? But it was so funny. Like don't, it was, don't knock it. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's when you say when you rise above. It's like you're chatting to a nine year old boy who's never seen bullseye, and yet I was like rib laughing. And that's when you go like, that, that's the level, isn't it? Really? Brilliant. Yeah, that's that, what is, that, that is fantastic. So yeah. you were bitten by the bug. And uh, you became a stand-up comedian. What did, did what did you do before you were a stand-up comic? Did did you have a job or? Yeah, so I've done all sorts. I, yeah. I 
um, like my, my, my last job was I worked for a company in London. So I moved to London because I'm from just outside. And right. I moved into London. I started working for a company that made like sort of worked in sort of social media and advertising and sales and stuff. And right. Um, but yeah. So yeah, so I worked and, uh, I, you know, I kind of come to comedy relatively late. Like a lot of people start when they're like 18, 19. I kind of come into it when I was 25. Right. Which, I mean, it's not that late, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, so I had a few jobs. And were you, was it a case of um, going to a pub night, a bit like Birdies, where you had like your five minutes slots and you took a friend along and, and that's how you gained the experience? Or did you enter a competition or did you go to a club, go to a workshop? How did you first start off? Because a lot of people sort of turn their nose up at you. But I actually did a comedy course. So I had... Um, yeah been sort of knocking about the idea for a while and a friend of mine had started doing open mics and was getting into it and I was like thinking oh, I, I, you know like I said I used to really be into it when I was younger so I was thinking oh, I want to do that um, so and did I, kind of, I did a course yeah for me the course was it was a case of kind of putting my money where my mouth is I knew as soon as I'd done it and I committed to it and I put the money into it there was no backing out and uh, so I did this Logan Murray course. And do you know yeah. Logan? Yeah, yeah. I've never met him, but I've heard a lot about him, and I've heard he's a good egg. He, he helps a lot of, of comedians. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a, a legend. Like yeah, yeah. Robert's gone through it. Josh Witherkem, yeah, yeah. Greg Davis. A lot of guys have gone through that course. So I did the course, and first thing, like I had never, when I say never done any public speaking, like never done anything, like not even a best man speech. I've never <laughs> done any drama. <laughs> I've never done anything. I think when I was a kid, I was in year five, I was Theseus in Theseus in the minor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, was yeah, the last time I've done that. And I'd been kicked off, I've been taken off it, right? Because the first day I got too excited, I picked the Minotaur up and I chucked him in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't allowed to act again. So I've not wow. had. So when I showed up on the first day at this course, it was like improv games and everyone's, you know, we're pretending we're lamps and we're yeah, doing yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was a really sort of jarring experience. I just wasn't used to it. But I found that I, I really enjoyed it and it just, that's what got the ball rolling. And then from there, it just took over, to be honest. Wow. That, uh, it's similar because uh, I had to do a, um, I, I never liked standing up and, and giving out presentations and everything. One day as a training course, I had to, um, we were told to teach somebody something. So I taught, so I showed them the only card trick I ever knew. And of course I stood up and I forgot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you've got my utmost respect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get out and have a go and do it. Um, well, I did same thing, Rich, in my first gig, I went yeah. blank. I was just going to ask you about your first gig. Tell, t tell me about the experience. I went, I literally, I, I, I went blank. I'd, I'd, I'd learnt it off wow. by heart. I'd learnt my set. Like, because oh, you just, like, I just spent so long just analysing it, learning it word for word, because I was so scared I was going to do it wrong. And um, oh, mate. I went out, and I even remember, like, before, like, I met up with a few mates, and we were outside the pub, and we just all sat there, like, quietly, just, like, learning our lines, ready to go out on the stage. And when I went out, everything went. It was like quicksand. My brain just, everything went out of my head. And, uh, like yeah, a and rabbit was, in headlights. Yeah, it was like a rabbit yeah. in headlights. But oh, mate. somehow I stumbled f through it and I, and I still got laughs. And I managed to sort of riff and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, that was a big kind of moment for me. So I was like, oh, it's all right. Like I, the thing that you you're most scared of is like forgetting everything, and I forgot yeah. everything, and it was still fine. So, mate, yes. well, it's all experience. It's all experience, and yeah. I think you have to um, have the difficult comedy, the, the the difficult comedy gigs to make yourself a better comedian. You, yeah, exactly. It's all a learning curve, I can imagine. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Today, what's been your best and worst gig? Best and worst gig. Have you got one? Best gig? Yeah. Uh, best gig was the first time I did the comedy store. Wow. What about you, Rich? But that's like iconic. That to me, <laughs> like that was like such a big deal. That is incredible. Yeah, when I when I've been. Um, like when I was thinking of doing stand, I never said this like really, but when I was thinking of like when I started doing stand up, my goal was like I want to perform at the comedy store. That's what I'm gonna do. If I can wow. perform at the comedy store, then I've like I've done it. And I remember chatting to people, like different people, like on that course and stuff. People saying, Oh, like um you get sort of a time frame of things, oh it's gonna take four years. I heard Russell Howard won King Gong after like four years and he got in. So I was thinking four or five years I'm gonna do the comedy store. And about seven months in I managed to win the King Gong. Yeah. So like, a couple of months later, I was at the comedy store and that was one of those sort of like pinch yourself moments. I was like, like that was my goal was to perform at the comedy store. And then I'm on stage at the comedy. It was so surreal. My mum was there oh, and brilliant. I, I when I was younger and stuff. And like my mum used to go when she was a kid and stuff. So like, to me, that's like Leicester Square. The yeah, comedy, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you walk down the, the stairs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, a mad experience. So for me, like that, that will, will always be the, just... Even now, when I go down there, it's like still, I still sort of pinch myself a little bit. Can't believe I'm there. Like that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's the best. And what about the worst? Oh, this. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe there's many. (laughs) Oh, there's so many. (laughs) Worst gig. I've had the. I've had the worst gig. So I mean, I've had everything. I've been heckled. I've walked off stage. I've had. I've had. I've had bad gigs. One of them that really was bad, and I, I don't know if it's like a like bad to tell this story, but I was. Um, this weren't even that long ago, Rich. Right, so I got booked. <laughs> I got. Booked, I got booked to uh, to support Bobby Davro. Brilliant. So I, to be honest with you, I I was aware of Bobby Davro, yeah. but I never. I didn't. He was kind of my, you know, my mum and dad's generation. Yeah. More. I, I didn't know him extensively, right? But yeah. I got asked to support him, and. Uh, and I went down there and it was in South End and it was like a good, I was on a, like it was a, during a good run of gigs, okay? So I had like a good run of gigs and, and that happens sometimes where just every gig's banging. So you've got great gigs, great bookings. I go down there, I'm confident, I'm doing tried and tested material. I feel so positive. It's <laughs> at this beautiful casino, it's on the water. Like I'm like, it's great, I shut up, walk in, everyone's doled up, it's a Saturday night, a great night, right? I go downstairs and it's in a jazz club. And again, people have paid good money to be there. Like yeah, the yeah, yeah. Little seats, you know, candles. Great. Didn't cross my mind that this would go bad. Sometimes you're walking a gig and you'll sort of look at the room and you think, oh, no, this is this this ain't the one. This ain't the one. <laughs> and uh, this one, I was like, I'm going to, this will be fine. And like I said, I had a great run of gigs. I go on stage, I do the first joke, and it's a trial and tested joke. Nothing. Oh, no, mate. No response. I do the second joke, nothing. 
I do the third joke, nothing, right? And then I see them start talking to themselves and they all start sort of turning their chairs and just talking amongst themselves. And I'm on stage just like, <laughs> right? So, so then, so then oh, I'm that like, must be laughing. awful. I, I don't horrible. know why I'm laughing. That must be horrible. Horrible. And when you when you're in that space as well, like I said, when you you think it's gonna, you're confident. You know, there's times yeah. when you're doing material and you're not confident and and you know. But I thought it would go well. So I was like, okay, I know what I do. I do crowd work. So I tried to go into the crowd and I do the generic, like, what do you do or where are you from? <laughs> and this lady just looks at me like that. Doesn't say a word. <laughs> so I ask her again, Richard, and, and, and then again, doesn't say a word. So I'm like, okay, just move on. <laughs> yeah. Get up, back do it and go. <laughs> yeah, move on. I asked the lady at the back of the room, she's like, oh, we, we don't like your swearing. We don't like your swearing. Oh, I don't swear no. much in my head, right? But like I say, I didn't know much about Bobby Davro. So in my head, I'm like, oh, no, I've been booked for the wrong gig. Like, yeah, like this yeah. is PG-13. Like, I shouldn't be swearing. Anyway, go on and on. I just die. Like, I've never died before. Like, not a single laugh. <laughs> in 20 years, yeah? Oh, mate. <laughs> I come on stage and um, I come on stage and someone goes, oh, uh, Someone goes, oh, Bobby's looking for you. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> Bobby <laughs> and his minders. <laughs> and also, it's one of those rooms where you can't, there's no back door, you can't get out, there's no backstage. So I have to put my coat on and walk back through the crowd. Oh, so like, no. I try not to look at people. Oh, mate. Out of the crowd, right, Rich, Bobby appears. And he goes, come here, mate. I'm like, all right. Puts his arms. <laughs> he takes me upstairs. And uh, for 10 minutes, right, he said the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. He was like, you've got it, your, your material's on point, you're personable, you're likable, you're talented. Don't worry about them. They've paid to come and see me. They, they're, not, they're not used to That's your stuff. That's fantastic. That's what, just what you wanted. Just what I wanted to hear, Rich. Yeah. So I was like, this is amazing. So he's, I was going to leave. He's like, come, come back downstairs and watch me. So I'm like, okay. So I go downstairs and he has a corner. He's like a little VIP corner. And uh, he's with his friends or whatever. So he puts me with his friends and he gets me a beer. Rich, right? I'm stood there with a the beer. He goes on stage and he opens with a song. So he does like, I think he does like a Tom Jones cover or yeah, something. Yeah. Does his song. Have you seen his stuff? I know who he is. I've seen, yeah. I haven't seen him live, but I've seen him on TV do his routines. Yeah. So he comes out, he does Tom Jones. If I say that was comatose when I was on stage, it was like the real Tom Jones walked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> cheering, girls are flashing their breasts. It was insane. Brilliant. And he, he finishes the song and he goes, um, he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for my MC. Round of applause. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for my opener. Round of applause. He goes, um, every comedian needs to start somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. And he goes, and every comedian needs an opener. So round of applause again, round of applause again. He goes, I had an opener recently in Manchester. Boy, oh boy, was he bad. But, <laughs> that, one, but that one, and he points at me, was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stood there with my Bobby Davro pint in my Bobby Davro section. <laughs> all his entourage just stood there like that. Everyone's cheering, way, shit. I was like... Honestly, I wanted the ground to swallow. Oh, mate, no. I would have jumped off the self-MP. I would have done anything. Oh, God, that no. Oh, mate. Well, <laughs> um, your best one, the Comedy Store, the first year I went to the Comedy Store was the first year I came down to London in 1988. 
Yeah. And on the bill was somebody was Steve Gribbin, John Maloney was MC, Hattie Heeridge was on the bill. Top of the bill was Charles Fleischer, who you'll have never heard of because he no. went to Hollywood and voiced Roger Rabbit. So he was never seen again. Really? <laughs> he was a man of a million voices. <laughs> but right. I was very pleased to have seen him. And um Similar to your Bobby Davro story, there, there's all, all these old school comedians who I loved, like Jimmy Tarbuck and Bruce Forsyth and everything. We went, went on holiday when I was 10 to Torquay, yeah. and we went to see Tom O'Connor. And, and this story is pivotal because it's, uh, it, it determined that I had such a loud laugh because uh, I was sitting in I the mean. audience and he'd come on and he'd done his patter. And I laughed so hard that it actually floored him. He didn't know what else to do. Really? <laughs> so he just kept grinning at me and saying a bit more. Of, ha! Fairly, <laughs> 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 fairly. I haven't been to many. So you've always had the big laugh then. <laughs> so, so it was like, well, yeah, it's a loud, big laugh, you know. Yeah, and he, and he, but he, but he did, and he, he did a thumbs up and walked off. But I, yeah. I, I put it in my blog. It's noted that that it was him that uh, realised that I had this big loud and laugh. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, let us move on, my friend. Um, yeah. I've seen you many times at Birdie's free comedy gig often headlining where you were extremely confident and in my mind absolutely hilarious i was going bananas every time i saw you before you go on the stage do you suffer from nerves and how do you cope with them if you do um so um yeah i do like if it's a really big gig i do yeah, yeah. birdies is fun yeah. i love birdies that, that that's Friday night new material so that, that you don't get nervous then that's a good time yeah that's fun um yeah no if it's a really big gig I do I don't know I'm a, yeah everyone deals with nerves differently I think don't they I don't know what other people have said to that that, that similar one, stories but. yeah yeah they yeah. all that I think I think you have to have nerves to go on and do it you know you, you have do, to have a certain yeah, degree I, of them I think it just hits you at different times like I know from some some of my friends and stuff they you know they they'll get nervous like if they've got a really big gig like a tv gig or big yeah. final or whatever they'll um they'll get nervous like the day of or even the day before they might not sleep great or they yeah. might they yeah. can't concentrate that day they can't eat and stuff like that about two hours before i'm eating fajitas I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> let me at them <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drinking desperados. I'm fine. <laughs> usually for me, like if I do get nervous, it's about half an hour before. But pretty yeah, much, yeah. yeah it's, it's, and then I'll get, I can't concentrate. But I just take myself away, get my head in space, and yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah, and you're away. That, yeah, um, you were a finalist for the Amused Moose New Comic Award in 2018. Describe yeah. that experience, please of entering a competition and competition yeah what was it like so that was kind of my first one really so that was in my first sort of year of doing stand-up um yes it's it's it's, it's, it's they're fun they're, they're fun they are yeah. they're difficult and they're, there's they're difficult rooms to negotiate and there's a lot of politics in, in in the competitions as well which you don't kind of realize and there's a lot of background stuff but um it's fun, yeah. Like it's fun. Like so, that amused me. Final that came. So I started. Like I said, I did the course, and I actually met 
um, Louise Atkinson, who's a great comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, well, she's, she's lovely, great. yeah, yeah. So I met her on that course, and then we did the sort of first year in comedy together, going to the pubs and oh, doing brilliant. the other Oh, brilliant, yeah. We managed to both get into the final up in Edinburgh so at the end of our first year. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, that was what was really cool about it. It was kind of sort of graduating your first year in comedy with your best mate, and you, yeah. you were both on stage together. So, yeah, it was cool, and, and I had a lot of opportunities come from that as far as, you know, different things like the Britain's Got Talent thing actually came from. Yeah, originally. yeah. We're going to talk um, about that later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a great thing. Uh, but at the same time, com you know, comedy is comedy a competition. I don't know, Rich. I don't know. Have you been to any of them? Have you watched? Them? I've been. I I uh, you know <clears throat> when I started my blog, um, Hills Jago from Amused Moose sent me a comment, and she said, "I think you would benefit from a half day writing course." which I went on and I was with a load of other reviewers and yeah. she came to me very direct and she, and she yeah. said, oh yeah, she said, why, why are you here again? And I said, and I said, well, I said, you invited me and uh, all I can say is that I'm not a reviewer, I'm not a diarist, I'm not a reporter, I'm a member of the audience out to have a good time and my yeah. blog is an enthuse for all the brave heroes that I think get out there and do it yeah. and, and she never bothered me again she said oh we like that <laughs> so, so, so that led to um me sitting in an audit being invited to the edinburgh amused moose final sitting in the audience um marking the acts i wasn't an official judge but but i it, it was like a, a free show for me and the yeah. mc there was ian smith yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. fantastic. He 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 had to ad ad lib whilst all the judges um, did all the yeah. competitions. And I thought to myself, "You're right. Is it is it really a, a competition? You do get recognised, and I, and I think you're doing it for the exposure. Yeah. And, and it and it, that cannot be a bad thing. Yeah. But um, uh, it's a way of." Uh, uh, um, get, getting comedians on onto the circuit. I know a lot of people yeah, who definitely. have gone through that way, and I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing. No, I've done I've done a few. I've done yeah. a few. And, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing either. And actually, yeah. if you want to talk about bad gigs, Rich, I did um, the Amused Moves final last year. I headlined it, so right. they all do the all the finalists are there. It's up in Edinburgh. All the yeah, finalists yeah. their bit, and then they have a headliner come in who does ten minutes, and then he goes. And then they do the results. Yeah, yeah. So I go up and I'm expected to do 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. And I go out and no one likes me. So I oh, get mate, no. And I don't get a light. <laughs> I'm like, fine, I'll keep going. Do another five minutes. No light. Do another 10 minutes. No light. <laughs> now I've burnt through the gold. So <laughs> I was on stage, I think, for 30, 35 minutes, just flailing, like no one's plugging me. And I was only meant to do, I was only getting paid to do 10 minutes. And then at some point, the door. I'm not leaving like, till they laugh. Yeah, it's like, just can leave now. I was like, oh, gee. that was a gig where I was panicking because I'd gone in hard and then I'd nowhere to go. Oh, like, yeah, that was, a, that was a funny gig, that one. Well, it's yeah. it is amazing. Hills is amazing. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, yeah. I, I think you know this, I spend my holidays at the Edinburgh Fringe. I go there for a week and yeah. I see about 50 shows. I'm very lucky to be able to do that, but um, uh, I've been going since 2005 
and uh, I need holiday by the time I come back. I'm, I'm absolutely shattered, but, yeah, but I love mate. doing it. Um, your very first Edinburgh Fringe, what year was that? Was that two or three years ago? Yeah, it was only a few years ago, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. We, when I saw you do Boy, that was your solo show. Did, had you yeah. done one before then? Yes, yeah, so I'd done a split bill before that with Louise Atkinson. Right, right. Um, yeah, we'd done a split bill. Was yeah. that your first time there then? It was, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm pretty new on all this, but yeah, that was my first time there. And, um, and, w and what did you think of it? What, what did you think of the experience of it when you went? The festival as a whole or just my performance? Well, your performance, the festival as a whole. I mean, there's so many hills and there's so much rain. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. I, 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 I was like doing squats every day. I was just trying to get up the hills. It was so it was so wet. It's miserable. There's the food's terrible. No, um, you know, no, 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 no. I enjoyed it. I'll you see know, you did, next year. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did. Um, me and Lou were doing. Um, we did a split bill at the Three Sisters, which is on Cowgate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you know, it's kind of the strip of Edinburgh, I guess, isn't it? And that, that pub in particular is quite a loud pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were in the, the Wee Room, which is essentially a karaoke. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's, have you been in the Wee Room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah I've, I've been all know. over, I know it all, yeah. Yeah, so we were in there, and uh, it's hard not, you know, literally it's a karaoke booth. And there's days when you're going in, and you're on at three o'clock in the afternoon, it's been chucking it down with rain. Yeah. <laughs> They're sat on stalls and there's no back to the stalls, so they're just sat there for an hour, just rigid. They still got their control on. They're dripping with water. Sometimes English is their second language, and that's just a guy talking about chicken nuggets. Like they don't, <laughs> the whole thing is ridiculous, but I loved it, and you learn yeah. so much. And I remember that first Edinburgh coming back, and I had a couple of promoters say to me like, "Oh, like you, you've come back a bit different. Like you've learned, you know, you just seem different." So it's definitely for anyone that's thinking of doing it. Like if I don't know who's watching this, Rich, but if it's newer acts and stuff, it's it's a thousand percent you should do it. Like oh, it, it, a real learning curve yeah. and yeah. and just going out, like I say, it's going out in that room, in that environment, that tiny little room with different people from everywhere around yeah. the world, just juggling that. You, you're only going to get better, aren't you? Exactly. It's all about experience mm. again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, in 2019. I was determined and delighted to see your solo show boy yeah. at, at the Edinburgh Fringe there. It was the last one of my 50 shows, however many I'd seen. And I was really? determined to see you. And I've never seen anyone look so elated to see me. Describe your writing process for that show, please, and how do you get your ideas? Describe my writing process. Yeah, how do, how, do you, how do you go about <laughs> writing your ideas? Uh, so, honestly, that show that that show was a work in progress. I didn't really bill it as that. Right. And I'll probably the writing process for that show is a little bit too late. I remember two weeks before sat in my flat with my brother. And he was like, what's the show? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like a pinboard. That's a great title. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And he had like a pinboard. And I was just, because the way I work is I just do, I, I'll do material and it just kind of happens. Kind right. Of thing. I'm not really write it down. So then 
we had this pin board and we were just like writing subjects down and trying to make a thing out of it. Right. And but the thing is, it was a work in progress show, which is the nature of it. You're meant to kind of find it and, and tune it and work on it every yeah. day. So every day it was different. And uh, I really enjoyed that part of it. Like every day, and, and I worked quite closely, like uh, like Ross Smith was there and he was, I don't know if you know, yeah, so he was there and he was kind of helping me and he would come in every day, oh, what, what are we doing today? And we would just tweak it and we just sort of work on it. So the writing process was quite natural, I guess, with it, but it was probably six months too late. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy the experience of having your own show? I did, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Edinburgh's hot. I don't I can't remember what day you saw it on Rich. There, last you, day. The, the, you have, I think uh, it was your last day. It was my last day. It was my last okay. show. It was a Sunday night. And you okay. you admitted to, to me when you uh, were performing it you were hung over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't sit, I couldn't work it out. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, because I think the night before then, if that was the Sunday, I think the night before was the big party at the right. Gilded Balloon. So we all go to the Gilded Balloon and everyone gets... Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I'm very pleased I saw it. I don't know, yeah. I, I, it was all a learning curve, but... Yeah, having your own shows, it's... You know, I watched before, I've I, I done this one, which I watched Lenny's one quick. And he was talking about going out and... and um, just, just going out cold and, and yeah. just having to open the show. And, and and that's your show and you're the only actor on. You're not on a mixed bill. It's not a club night. Yeah. It's not a Friday night. It's a Monday. It's a Monday and it's at five o'clock whenever my show is. Yeah. It's a Monday night at five o'clock and you're the only person. That that teaches you something, Rich. And you've really got to dig deep sometimes. It's hard. So, yes, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a learning curve. Yeah, definitely a learning I saw, curve. I saw a, a Lenny Sherman show the same year as yours and he ran on and there was balloons going off and, and party poppers and everything to really get the crowd going yeah. to, to, to kick it all off. And I think um, I think that's the key to it. You've got to get the audience within a minute of going on stage and you can yeah. do that effortlessly. You're um, very, very good at engaging with a crowd. And Okay, Josh, so uh, the next question, uh, you delivered a wonderful routine at the auditions for Britain's Got Talent in 2020. Yeah. How did you decide to appear? Why did you decide to appear to go on the TV show? And what was the experience like for you? So how that came about was the when we were talking about the Muse Moose final. Yeah. So Hills does, Hills Jago runs that. She's amazing. She, she wants to promote she wants to promote you, you're a new act, she wants to put you out there. So she, she does a night where she, like an industry showcase essentially. And I did that in London and that, that went well and I had a few messages after and one of them was from a guy from Thames Talk. Right. And uh, anyway, long story short, that kind of ended up being Brit's Got Talent. And I said no the first year and I said no again the second year and uh, they were quite persistent and they kept going. Uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't too sure about it. But the thing that turned it around to me, which was I, I had a chat with my mum and uh, she said, she said this thing, right? And this was why I did it. She said this, said it, she went, it's all part of life's rich tapestry. Right? <laughs> and that is why I did it, right? Because yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, it's true. Like when you think about it, it's a huge show and it's a big oh, audience. It's and it's a big, it's like, 
what people don't realize, and I, th- I really got into this as well, was kind of the challenge of it. It's like, you're going out in front of 2,000 people, one of the biggest shows in the country, and they can gong you off at any moment. And Simon Cowell is known for like n- hate, not liking stand-up comedy on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like you're in between, like you're, you're, there'll be a woman before you singing about her husband that's died of <laughs> cancer. And then, and then after you, there's a dance troupe that, you know, all have disabilities or whatever. It's just a bad <laughs> experience. And I remember thinking, what a challenge. Like, yeah. I'm, I, I don't been in stand-up at that point for two years. And I remember thinking, what a stage, what a challenge, what, you know, what, what an opportunity. And, yeah. and, and, you know, like I said, they were asking me to do it. And I thought, you know, what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah. And I've done it. And uh, it was great. I loved it. It was, I, I can't, I've got... You know, I've had a few comedians message me since, and I recommend it. I, I, I do think do it. I, you know, it's a test and it's fun. And what uh, what was particularly impressive was how effortless you were with them. They they seemed to absolutely love you. You know, you could you could do no wrong. And and tell me again, um, the, the the reason for not continuing was was it to do with the live audiences? There was no live audience because of COVID, is that? Yeah, so essentially yeah. that that was the what what kind of was annoying about it. It, it fell into the first lockdown. So when right. it came out, in lockdown and there was a, at the time there's a lot of sort of, I don't know what you're allowed to talk about, we're not allowed to talk about, but there's a lot of sort of back and forth and is it happening, is it not happening? Right, what we do, right. There's a lot of phone calls and um, in the end, uh, there was yeah, it kind of become down to they were doing the semi-finals with no audience, and as a comedian, you need an audience. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it was it, yeah, it was a kind of a weird period. But like I say, yeah, I don't know what I know at the time. I, was, I don't know what you're allowed to talk about. We're not allowed to talk about which. I'm probably the, yeah, I'm not the best. <laughs> <person>. <laughs> 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 would you do it again because of the the circumstances you were in? Uh, they asked yeah, you. Yeah, like you know, it, it, like I say, it fell into this whole sort of lockdown and COVID stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, the one, the one, I loved it. You know, it was such a buzz. It was such an experience, and it's a twelve-hour day, which you don't realise. Wow. You just appear there, but yeah, yeah. all day you're shooting. I did two days as well, which uh, so I did. I did London at the Palladium. I did Manchester as well. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, you know, they take you up to Manchester and you're shooting and you're doing this. It's a it's a great experience. What it what it what it has done is 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 get you noticed nationally as well because it's yeah. on the television. It's on the television, and yeah. you know, I've had like I've had emails from New Zealand yeah, and yeah. so yeah. many mad things. But like I say, just fell in this weird window of lockdown, and you don't really know what was to come of it. But so yeah, you just yeah. got to take the experience for what it was was and like I say I just I really enjoyed it and I'd recommend it to anyone because I had a lot of hesitation before I did it because like a lot of comics you sort of I've never watched Britain's Got Talent to be honest with you like a lot of comics you sort of you, you sort of turn your nose up at it and is it I don't know but I think the person that changed that was Kojo right. Kojo did it before yeah. and, you know, and that, that's a legit guy and he kind of changed I think a lot of people's opinion on it so, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good experience. Well, good on you for doing it, and uh, I wish you every success with it. Um, how do you remember all your routines? Have you got a way of remembering them? Do you have do you have points in your head as you go along, or do you uh, just wing it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You don't. <laughs> I, I, I forget all the stuff that I remember. <laughs> Let's uh, see what happens tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I remember. So, 
yeah so i did so like if, like i had a weird thing where i was at a gig um and someone said to me i was like oh you do that grinding bit like a bit about grinding <laughs> at nightclubs and i was like what <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you do that bit. I was like, I don't do, no, that's not me. And he, and he explained it to me. And I remember that I did do it because basically when I do new material, like I don't really write it down. So I just kind of think about it in my head before I go there and I'll right. do it. And then what happens is I won't have another new material gig for a week or two weeks. And I'll have forgotten what I said two weeks ago. <laughs> so he said that to me. He's like, you do that bit about the grinding thing. And then, uh, Anyway, so like the next night or two nights later, I was at Leicester Square. Oh, no, I was at um, Museum of Comedy yeah, doing yeah. the Leicester Square New Comedian thing. No, well, yeah. Yeah, and I remember I was like sat there. I was like, I, I might do that grinding bit. I was like in the semi-finals, and I was like, I might do that grinding bit because that guy had reminded me of it. And I went out and I did it, and it went really well. And I got through to the finals because of that bit. And they said to me, Oh, when you're in the final, make sure you do that bit. <laughs> So then from then on, I was like, I need to start recording my sets and like making note of it because I don't have any recollection. <laughs> so from then on, now I record my sets and I'm very much more like make notes and I'm yeah, very yeah, yeah, yeah. curious about it. But for a long time, I wasn't. I was just sort of winging it. Winging it. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, what ambitions, if any, do you have as do you have as a comedian? Would you like a chat show? Would you like a, 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 um, would you like to play live at the Apollo? Uh, do you want to be on TV? Do you, are you happy with your lot touring? Um, I mean, like every obviously everyone, you know, TV touring, selling yeah. out the O2, all that stuff sounds amazing. Yeah. For me, like I just I love stand up and I love even just club comedy, like. That's almost become a little bit of a thing now where it's, it's like club comedy is something almost you turn your nose up at. I don't know, but nah. I just want to get good and just be like headline comic and have longevity as well. Like just be really good for a long time because it's a weird time, especially now the way everything's gone. You know, yeah. you don't know where well, it's all going. I've, I've genuinely, mate, I've seen so many over the years and you know this, um, uh, there is something there with you. You are very, very endearing and engaging on stage, which can only make an audience like what you have to say. And if you're funny on top of that, which you are inevitably are, the sky's your limit. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, that's very kind of you, Rich, but I don't know. I think you fancy me. <laughs> no, I certainly don't do that. But I'm talking in comedian's terms. For me, like everything's a plus. Like I say, it's just I I love doing stand up. So for me, it's like someone offered you a TV show, great. But it's just get better at stand up, be a better stand up. You know, that's all I want. All yeah, I yeah, yeah. Um, as you say, we're all living in strange times. It's a horrible, horrible year, uh, 18 months. How have you found online gigs as opposed to live gigs? So I, I haven't actually done any. I haven't done any of them. All oh, right, no. right. So when it when it first came about in lockdown one, I said no. I got offered a lot of lockdown, a lot of gigs, Zoom gigs, and I said no because, like, to be honest with you, like I mean, every comedian is going to say the same thing. It's not. It's not the same. It's not the substitute. You don't want to do it. Yeah. So I said no. And then um, 
and then a year passed and then I wish I hadn't said no to all those gigs because like now I've sort of yeah I just don't I don't do them um, well, that's that's your decision. That's that, that's fair enough. You're yeah. you're not alone in 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 thinking that because uh, co comedians have had to adapt to a very intimate space where yeah. uh, which which is not the norm because you know your no. your comedians are very visual or can be very visual and uh, the live experience you never know what you're going to get next whereas in a in a, in a zoom call you know you 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 it's it is a good substitute it's certainly gotten me through lockdown online comedy but i miss yeah. going out on a saturday night having a few beers and then going to a comedy show yeah i think now like i say initially i said no now i'm starting to i think i'm going to get some in the next few months especially i've got material and stuff i want to put out there right but obviously as someone that's been watching them do you one enjoy them and two what style do you think it suits because to me in my head because i'm not even watched one i'll feel like it would suit more of a joke teller like a mark simmons or you know um, like a Jimmy Hart, you know well the the regular one i go to is always be comedy online yeah. Yeah, yeah. and how james does that the compare is he he'll have two or three hundred people watching that are not seen and not heard and then he'll have what's called a virtual front row, which yeah. has got me on it and 20 other people on it that he can chat to and they laugh. And because they're laughing, it helps the comedians no end that there's somebody laughing at them. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and he gets all sorts. He gets um, jokers, pun tellers, storytellers, um, uh, um, everybody goes on their all new acts and all older acts as well um, established yeah. acts um, and it, and it sometimes the majority of the time it works very very well you know yeah. um, but but you have to get used to your talking to a screen certainly yeah. when I um, first started going to online gigs there was no audio so I was just laughing. I, I was going bananas laughing and nobody could hear. And I was, yeah. I, was I, I was laughing at four walls and then I thought, I thought I'm going to be taken away. <laughs> <laughs> but when he opened up the audio, it was so much better. And, and yeah, I think a 100%. lot of them do that. You've got yeah. uh, Sean James doing Happy Mondays. You've yeah. got Jarlath Regan doing Return of the Crake. They're all really good um hour and hour hour 15 shows where yeah. you've got four or five acts on and yeah. um, but but of course you're relying on zoom all the time so yeah. it is it is better I, than nothing yeah exactly but i need to beat like, early days i was just like biding my time yeah i mean when so i did i did um when we had that brief window where we was allowed out i did the sort of pub garden gigs and the car park gigs yeah. i did done because uh, you know but I, yeah i was just sort of interested of how it works with i, I don't know if my style would work just to a camera oh, it would. definitely definitely because um well give it a go you know and, and if and, and and you know you can do one or two and if it's not for you it's yeah. not for you but i but having seen you so many times deliver a great set i think you'd yeah. be very good at doing it yeah, I think, yeah. Now, like I say, now it's gone on longer. I just need to do it. But yeah, yeah. I've kind of been, my, my, my lockdown's been more focusing on writing, planning. Yeah. yeah. Not in, yeah, so, yeah, all good.
It's time yeah. to do it, my friend. Yeah. Uh, who are your favourite comedians, past or present? Um, like I said earlier, Peter Kay yeah. was a Peter Kay was a big influence to me when I was really young. He was kind of the first stand-up I guess I saw and that I watched religiously. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier I was I, I got into like Chris Rock and Def Jam and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, when yeah. I was like 13, 14, I really got into a Bernie Mac and Chris yeah. Tucker and, and a lot of the American guys and and, and um, yeah, so it'd be Peter Kay when I was really young. When I was sort of 13, 14, it was kind of Chris Rock. I saw Chris Rock at the O2. When I saw Chris Rock at the O2, I was like 15 years old and it was the O2 and he came out, he did two hours, he didn't have an interval and he didn't have a sip of water. Wow. He just picked the mic up, spoke for two hours, no, no encore, no nothing, just talked for two hours and he was gone. Wow. And that was a moment, I remember just being sat there, like everyone was sat there just like, fuck just happened there like it was a real <laughs> moment so that was a big thing for me doing that um but of recent years um of recent, when i was you know the one thing i've always thought about and i didn't know who this person was right so when, when i was 18 i think uh i can't remember what I, was, I was at the store i think or somewhere in london and i saw this guy and he come out and he was the funniest thing i'd ever seen he'd done 20 minutes and just destroyed right yeah, like yeah. people so funny and it, and it was a different sort of gig because like when you see chris rocket you have expectation you know what you're going to go see you, you buy it it's a big room it's a different sort of environment he's doing two hours this guy has come out and spoke for 20 minutes tore the roof off and then just disappeared into the night right and then 10 years later i was at a gig watching a mate it might have been lou and it's paul tonkinson oh he's brilliant he's yeah. so good and i tell you something he's supported me doing this he's he? yeah what a what a really genuinely good bloke he is he's really? hilarious with the looks and the routine yeah. the very visual as well yeah. yeah physical funny just dominates yeah. and that was a guy like i say that was probably the last guy like years ago that i was just like jesus christ who's that like so yeah so he, he was a guy yeah he's brilliant yeah yeah the yeah. the uh, americans that you were talking about i was very lucky to see bill hicks in manchester yeah. and he yeah. was outstanding as well he was really good and um, when was that uh, that would be 1998 nine something like that right um, yeah it was it was on his just a ride tour was and, that with a uh, cowboy hat and all yeah, that stuff yeah yeah he was brilliant and yeah, yeah. Um, when uh i was at college similar to your two hour uh set and and no sip of water we saw ben elton uh, at, at college and then i saw him again in carlisle yeah. and then uh, a week later we saw rick mail and he was he was amazing he was really? absolutely amazing so, who's your favorite uh, now rich like on the scene at the moment uh, now oh i would say um uh well i um uh paul mccaffrey i think is very funny just yeah, whittingham's very funny um, Kerry Godleyman, I love. Yeah. Uh, um, Jem Brister, I love. Uh, Romesh is Romesh can do no wrong. I think he's great. Um, yeah. And uh, the ones that are coming up, there's you. There's Lily Phillips who's been on this. Yeah. There's Vix Layton who's been on this. Um, all yeah. really good um, quality comedians. So yeah. good on you. Um, like me do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience 
Um, since I've started doing it, yeah, obviously up in Edinburgh, I'll go see, I'll go see, obviously I see my friend shows, so I see a lot of my friend shows. Yeah. Uh, but like last Edinburgh, I saw like Frank Skinner, I saw Tom Stade, I, I, you know, I got involved in sort of those shows. Um, and I, I actually have like, weirdly, I've had a few nights where I've just been like, like my mum's come up to see me or, and I've been like, oh, should we go, should we go Covent Garden or should we go to, you know, Angel or whatever, you know, and I'll just take her to a club. So yeah, I have seen a lot more stand up now than I ever had. Uh, That's brilliant because yeah. normally, normally they say no, they, they, they don't do that yeah. but um, i think it's yeah i get it like i do get like, like i've actually made a rule now so i don't watch stand-up at all anymore so right. i won't watch a, you know i used to watch that like, if something come on netflix or if you know i'd, I'd watch something i don't watch any stand-up anymore and that's a rule but if it's a friday night and i want to you know go out in london then i, I sort of i see it yeah i see it now so it's quite a good night out yeah it's fun and you know you know the people and stuff so it, yeah it's good if if you're on a bill, um, will you stay and watch the other acts? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even if I'm, even if sometimes obviously you can't. If you're, you know, up north or something, you, you can't practically. You can't. But I always try and stay. Um, I'm not one of these comics like different. Like everyone's different. I I can't be one of these comics that flies in five minutes before my set and leaves, or sits backstage the entire time and pretends like it's not happening. For me to be the best on stage, I have to go out and I'll stand at the back. So I stand at the back and just soak it all up and try and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're always going to be funnier. For me, I think you're always going to be better if you do that. If you're acting like, if you're in the back, like sometimes you're sat out back with comedians, they're like, they're the nicest people, but you're sat there chatting about the M25. And you're saying, <laughs> You get that then to make people laugh. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> you know, so I sometimes think that you're like, there's a whole theatre of people out there having a, the night of their lives like go and get involved so that that's kind of my my sort of thing with it um yeah brilliant um just before we go um is there anything else you would like to say uh have you got any online gigs any are you doing any writing where can people find you on social media anything like that yeah so like obviously it's a, it's a weird time yeah uh, so my, my thing is josh b comedy so my website's josh b comedy my socials everything's josh b comedy um i started doing more content towards the end of last year like tiktoks my tiktok numbers are, are doing well so you can see me on any of those uh and yeah so next year, I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not cool i don't know what that is <laughs> yeah um, but next year, if it all goes well, which I'll have, I'll have my show. Which yes. Is up yes. Edinburgh. I'm going to do some, it's not just Edinburgh, but I'm going to do a few things with it. So Good lad. Yeah, so things that, yeah, but it's all, it's a weird time. So it, is, point, it is weird, but, but please, please keep doing what you're doing because you're a very funny man and I wish you every success. I really do. I appreciate that. I don't think I've ever spoke about myself for so long. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to a Rich Comic Live podcast and I hope you've enjoyed the interview. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can also watch the video interview on my YouTube channel. More comedians interviews will be added to both the podcast and my YouTube channel every weekend. Please go to www.arichcomiclife.blog to access the menu for all my blogs, the YouTube videos, the podcast and more 
and please keep listening, watching and reading about my experiences of watching stand-up comedy. Thanks again and best wishes, Richard Gill.